it just makes me want to set myself on fire. and welcome to the tea party. Why a tea party? Because this week's episode is about spilling the tea that is my history. And trust me, it is definitely not tea in the pot. It is wine we are pouring because Lord knows we will need a few bottles of it after recording this episode. Or maybe, you know, just a good two six of some Crown Royal Vanilla Whiskey, which is actually better than wine. That's right. I said it, all my friends are in shock, but I am sticking to it. So, as a disclaimer to anyone out there who may know the family I'm talking about, this is not an attack on them, I'm not being malicious, I am simply telling my side of the story, I waited about 20 years to do so, I'm doing this with respect to myself. These are where my symptoms of mental health started kicking in. This is where I get a lot of my anxiety and my PTSD from. Obviously, um, my depression enrolls a little bit, but also we know that is also a chemical imbalance, so it's not 100% because of this, but it definitely explains a lot of my PTSD. So please no one sit there and be like, oh my God, she's bashing this family. That's not my intent. My intent is just to tell my side of the story and how I viewed things. So next up, all the facts I'm going to be stating throughout this story are actually straight off from Wikipedia. So I will be following notes pretty closely this podcast. So if my voice doesn't sound as smooth, that is why, because I am trying to be very factual in what I am about to say. I don't have any intents on misrepresenting anything except for that word because there is no way that I'm going to be able to get around it no many how many times I try and record. I am who I am. So let's get our wine, let's get a blanket, let's get toasty, and let's dive into this. Okay, so I was born in Romania in 1990. During 1960, uh, Romania gained a new prince president named Nicolae Ceausescu, and honestly, he is such a piece of artwork that he makes Trump look sane. Let it sink in, take a sip of your wine, um, and ponder the fact I just said that sentence, because, I mean, I'm not going to start being very political, but let's just say it. I'm queer. We probably already know my political views. Moving on. So, we're back to the devil himself, Nicolae Ceausescu, who honestly used to get called the Hitler of Romania. It was one of his well-known titles. Again, sink it in. So, he's become the main leader of Romania, and he has a goal. And his goal is to make Romania a world power. All of its economics, foreign and democratic polities were meant to meet Ceausescu's ultimate goal which was turning Romania into the 
one of the largest, greatest powers. And Ceausescu believed demograph, demograph was destiny, and countries with rising populations were rising to power. So let's cut six years. It's 1966. Ceausescu has now banned abortion and contraception and brought into one of the world's harshest anti-abortion laws. So I bring up this for multiple reasons. One, fuck him. Two, fuck that. Three, my body, my choice. But let's carry on. But the anti-abortion and conception laws play a huge, huge history uh, into Romania and actually is still affecting Romania to this day. And there are still legal battles going on from what is called the Children of Romania in regards to the institutes, which were orphanages, that they were placed in. And why were there so many orphanages? Here we are. Romania is basically in the gutter. The people are not surviving. They have no funds because Ceausescu has put Romania into so much debt with all the other countries because he has gone in and he met the Queen of England and they thought that Romania was becoming rich and so he bought a plane. But instead of using money, he was using Romania's resources. So he was paying off debt with oranges and medication and meat and cheese and anything that he could sell from Romania he was selling, so he was taking everything out of the mouths of Romanian people. Um, so mothers of five or more children are giving significant benefits financially. Mothers who have 10 or more kids are deemed heroin, so the population grew out of controls and the orphanages become overflown because women have all these kids to get the financial gain. And then the crazy thing, now listen to this, is that if you did not have at least four kids over the age of 25, you were penalized. So not only could you not afford to have kids, you could not afford not to have kids. Again, let this sink in. So this law stays in effect to 1989 when the people of Romania get sick of Ceausescu and his bullshit turn on him, hunt him and his wife down because they attempt to flee, and kill him execution style. And the reason this comes into play is because, keep in mind, this law was in effect to 89, and I was born in 90, which means I was conceived in 89 under this fucked up law. So, welcome to my self-value issues, people. Like, I literally... Like, tens of thousands of children were simply born due to a ban on contraception and abortion. I'm not saying that, um, you know, I would have been aborted or that maybe I wouldn't have been created. Maybe I would have. But the thought very much weighs heavily in one's head that I was basically born because of this law. And I'm sure you're like, okay, calm down, Carissa. You're going a little crazy. That's some pretty impressive negative self-talk. And it is. But here is where it gets more screwed up. When I was growing up, a family, and we'll call them the L's, adopted me. And it was really great in the beginning when I was a baby. There was tons of press. I was in 
the local newspapers, I was in 2020, I was on TV, it was all very publicized, and it was deemed really cool that I was adopted. And then, as I grew older, I started asking questions like, why was I adopted? Uh, who are my parents? Where do I come from? How come I have these characteristics? Am I like my mom? Am I like my dad? And the L family really hated that I had these questions because they thought that um, I shouldn't be asking these things because they took me and they adopted me. They were my family. This other family was supposed to be dead to me because they gave me up. But I really struggled with that because I am a person who wants to know where everything oriented from, originated from. That's the one. And I like constantly wonder why things are things like why do we speak the English language who decided that it was going to be called fire who invented physics who made up the alphabet and I mean these are things that I fall asleep to at night so you can just imagine how long it takes me to actually fall asleep so I had these questions I wanted I wanted to hear from them I wanted to hear from my birth parents and know why this was happening? Why didn't they love me? Why didn't they want me? Did they want me back? Um, you know, I had brothers and sisters. What were they doing? Did they have kids? Was I an aunt? Um, I had a million questions all the time because I wanted to know where I got my love of singing or my need to tell terrible jokes or my little Carissa-isms. You know, those had to come from somewhere. I couldn't have just created them, you know. A lot of kids get to learn, oh, you sound just like your dad when you say that. Well, I don't get to. You know what I mean? So I had a lot of these questions. And I guess one day I pushed um, Mama L's buttons and she just snapped and she said, the only reason you were born was because there was this contraception law and your father was an alcoholic and they needed the money and they didn't want you. They just threw you in an orphanage where it wasn't until I came and got you that you even had a family and I'm your mother and no one else matters. Okay, so that's damaging. It's really damaging. When I'm like nine or ten and I'm getting told this, it's super damaging. And it's always stayed with me since then. It's always made me question, was I just a paycheck? Like, is that why I was born? You know how some people are like, I was born into the world to achieve this purpose. Have I already achieved my purpose? Was my purpose just to keep my biological parents alive? What am I destined for? Do I have a destiny? Have I outlived my life? Should I be surviving? I mean, I've survived so many things. I survived living in an orphanage, basically off of broth in my bottle. I survived coming to Canada and being sick as a child. I, you know, I just keep surviving these things and I always wonder why am I the one to survive? And people are like, okay, you're really intense. But ever since learning or getting told that the reason I was born was due to a paycheck and an alcoholic father and, you know, no condoms, it really makes someone question their identity and their purpose and it's it's not fun and every time I go through something hard you can guarantee I go down that rabbit hole of what is my purpose have I already done it and I've been really grateful to therapy because I started doing treatment and it's gotten lesser of a rabbit hole and I am now 
understanding a little more of my trauma, but that sat with me and it still sits with me. Um, so yeah, that is the beginning of my history. So I got to Canada on March 13th, 1991. So I was one year, one years old or six months, I do believe. And this is going to be a short episode because this one is really intense for me to record. And next week we're going to go into part two of basically me starting to be raised in Canada. We kind of start talking about the L family and Mum L and that's a little bit of insight to a smidgen, just a small smidgen of my childhood. So make sure next episode that you remember your favorite alcohol because we're going to continue down this this path of just kind of learning where all my traumas have come from and how I am changing my self-talk slowly but surely.